Revival Day. There's three words that when you think, when you look at revival, talked about, demonstrated throughout Scripture, there's three things. It's almost a pattern for revival to happen. And I'm going to give you those it's three R's of revival. Not what I'm preaching about, but it's going to lead to what I'm preaching about. Whenever you see revival referenced or you see it demonstrated in Scripture, these three things happen in some context. First of all, there's always a remembering. Remember. Remember what you, what you already know. And then there's a returning. And then there's a repenting. So when you, see, when you see revival talked about or illustrated in Scripture, you usually find in some context these three words, remember, return, repent. You see that happening. Well, today I feel like the Lord has given me the assignment in our morning time together. Tonight going to be entirely different, but I've got something specific and special that the Lord has put on my heart for tonight. But this morning, this pattern of revival usually has one of all of these three elements somehow, remember, return, repent. I want to talk to you about remembering. I want to remind you of some things that I'm confident that you already know. I want to do what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm getting a little ahead of my PowerPoint, so the guys that are doing that are going to be scrambling a little bit today. But what I'm going to do for a few moments this morning in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, here's what the Bible says. This is not the, really the basis of my message, but it's the essence of what I'm called to do in our service together. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says that sometimes we need to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. Let me give you Bishop Corder's translation of that. It's simply Peter's way of saying sometimes we need to remember what we already know. One of the things I've discovered and one of the things I hate about being human is in our humanity we have the tendency to remember what God wants us to forget and to forget what God wants us to remember. So this morning I feel like the Lord said, I want you to remind them of some things that they already know. And part of that remembering is going to be the way that the Holy Spirit does a renewal work in your life today. There's three things that happen when you remember what you already know. All right, you ready? If you ready, say amen. Now remember, this don't count till I pray. Three things happen when you remember what you already know. Number one, it renews your mind. Here's what's going to happen for some of you today as, we, as I remind you of things that you already know. For some of you, the Holy Spirit is going to do a work and renew your mind. You come to this place and on the outside you look good and physically you feel good, but mentally you're just fatigued. Now you say, well, Bishop, why is a renewed mind so important? Because of this reason here, the Bible says that a renewed mind leads to a transformed life. Here's what I believe God will do for in part today through His Word and by the Holy Spirit. He's going he's gonna to remind you of what you want to know. For some of you, it's going to bring a renewal of your mind. It's going to begin a work of transformation. Here's the second thing that happens when you remember what you already know. You get new revelation. 
from familiar or old truth. You've had this happen. You've been reading the Bible or you're listening to a sermon and you read a text that you've read a hundred times before or a preacher preaches on a text you've heard a hundred sermons from. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up in his very... How many know the Holy Spirit is a specialist? He's not a general practitioner. He's a specialist. He's such a great specialist, he can take the preached word and make it a personal word. He can put your name on it. It's like this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak through me to speak to you. And you say, oh, that sounds arrogant, Bishop. Listen, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't stand behind the pulpit. But I believe God honors the preaching of his word. As I preach today to you corporately, the Holy Spirit's going to personalize the ministry. He's going to go to some of you and it's going to say, this is for you. And almost like it were, call your name. And he's going to give you a new revelation from familiar truth as I remind you of some things you already know. But here's the third thing that happens. As we remember what we know, it's going to bring a release of faith. A release of faith. One of the verses we're going to read in just a moment, I'll go ahead and quote it now, is Romans 10, 17. says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Here's what's going to happen. As the Word of God, the truth of God is preached today, the Holy Spirit is going to take that Word and cause faith that's in you to be released in your life. He said, well, Bishop, what if I need all three? God's so good, He'll do all three for you. He'll renew your mind, He'll give you new revelation, and He'll release faith in your life. Here's what I know today. God's going to do something good in our life together today. Amen? Would you stand with me all over the church one last time and we're going to pray. Here's what I want you to pray. You may not use the words I use, but I want you to pray this kind of prayer. How many believe that every time we come together, God's got, God's got something he wants to say and he wants to do in our life? So here's all you do. However you say it, I want you to say to God, God, I want to hear what you've got to say. I want to receive what you've got to give and I'm going to do my best to respond to it the way you want me to. Now, if that happens today, if that happens today, when you leave here, you're going to say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. So I want us to tell God in agreement prayer, those three things. God, I believe you want to speak to my life today. I believe God's something you want to do in my life today. And as you, as you do your work, I'm going to do my very best to respond in the way that I need to. Let's pray that and tell God our heart in agreement prayer. Father. Thank you for this wonderful church, and thank you for this opportunity to be with, with them today in worship and fellowship and ministry. And Holy Spirit, for the next few moments, I'm just asking you, touch my mind and help me to think your thoughts, and touch my lips and help me to speak your words. And God, use me today as an instrument to accomplish the will of the Father for this church service corporately and for your people individually. We really do believe you have something you want to say in our, to our life today, something you want to do, and we want to receive what you have to say, and we want to re be recipients of what you want to do. And as you work your work, we're going to do our very best to respond in an appropriate way. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated and take your Bibles and two verses of Scripture. One I've already quoted, Romans 10, 17, and the other is 2 Timothy chapter. 2 uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7
I typically don't preach topical sermons. I typically take a text and just kind of break it down a little bit. And, uh, but this morning, I want to use these two verses as the springboard for what the Lord's put on my heart to share with you today. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that, wonderful? Isn't that a wonderful word? Man, if I can, we just get that into our, not our head, but into our spirit today, that enough is enough. But then Romans 10, 17, I quoted a while ago, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe today, as I take a few moments to share with you some things that I'm confident most of you already know, but the Holy Spirit's given me the assignment to help you to remember because it's part of what He wants to do in your life today. I believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a powerful, powerful effect on us. And there's three simple things, three simple, simple things I'm going to remind you of. First of all, I want to remind you of God's perspective. Now, when I talk about God's perspective, here's what I'm talking about. God, in his godness, has the capacity to know and to see everything that's going to happen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, like this, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we all must give account. One translation says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Here's what I want to remind you of. I want to remind you that God is the kind of God. He is so great that he can see everything, the past, the present, and the future, all at the same time. I don't know how God does it. I don't know how he, how he and his godness can see the past, the present, and the future. Now, I, I've lived the past. I'm living in the present. But I certainly don't have any idea about what's going to happen in the future but the good news is that God is so great that he says, I, I see the past, I see the present, and I see the future all at the same time. Now you say, well, how does God do that, Bishop? I don't know how he does that. But listen, I don't have to understand or know everything I believe. Let me give you a simple illustration. There's a lot of things I don't know that I believe and enjoy. I don't know how a black and white cow eats green grass and gives white milk. But on a lot of mornings, I believe if I pour it on my cereal, it will taste good, and I enjoy it as I eat it. Now, that's a little simple illustration, but the truth is what I want you to understand is, you see, that's what faith is. Faith is saying, God, you're bigger than my ability to comprehend because you're finite and I, you're infinite and I'm finite. I can't comprehend you, but I don't have to comprehend. All I have to do is believe. And I've come by to tell you today that remind you that God is so great that he and his godness can see the past, the present, and the future. Now you say, well, Bishop, why is that important? There's a lot of reasons that's important, but I want to give you one this morning. One of the reasons that's important, if, if God and his godness can see it all, then here's what that means practically, is God is 
is surprised by nothing that happens in this world or in your life. Now, here's what I want. Here's what I know. I've lived long enough to know that a lot of times I get surprised. As a matter of fact, there are some of you that have had something that happened this week in your life that you didn't think was going to happen. You didn't anticipate was going to happen. You didn't expect to happen, but you got a report to something you didn't expect or, or something took place that you weren't anticipating. Some of you this very week encountered a surprise in your life that you had no idea that you were going to encounter that. Well, listen, we get surprised all the time, but God, because he's God, He's not surprised by anything. There is never a time that God is up in heaven looking at the angelic host saying, can you believe that happened down there on planet earth? Now listen, you and I get surprised all the time, but God's not surprised by anything. I want to remind you today that God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what is happening in your life, and God knew it before it happened. I've come by to remind you that God in his godness sees and knows everything that's going to happen. Now, one other reason that's important is because when you know that, you can face the future with faith and not fear. I don't have to be afraid about tomorrow. I know it's a cliche. I know it's simple, but I need to remind myself, I don't have to know what, uh, what tomorrow holds if I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. I certainly don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year. But the truth is, I don't have to know because I do know and I have a relationship with the God who knows everything. And because of that then, he's not surprised by anything. And I can face the future with faith and not fear because of God's perspective. He sees and knows everything that's going to happen. I want to give you a little simple truth the Lord gave me about 23 years ago. He spoke to my heart when we going, when and I were going through a circumstance, and he said, your security in any situation is when you recognize my sovereignty. I want to say to you this morning, I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, should the Lord tarry. But here's what I know. When you recognize God's sovereignty, that God is God, your security, my security in any situation is when we recognize his sovereignty. And when we do that, we can face the future with faith and not fear. But Bishop, you don't know what's happening. I don't have to know, but you need to know. You need to be reminded that God already knew before you faced what you're facing. All right, God's perspective. He sees and knows everything. Now, here's the second thing I'll remind you. God's plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for this world. God's got a plan for this church. God's got a plan for our life. Now, because God is a good God, God's plan is a good plan. Did you get that? That's simple, isn't it? I know you know that. How many believe God's a good God? Say amen. Matter of fact, do you know how you get truth established in your heart? Do you know how do you get truth from just your head down into your heart? Here's how you do it, by confession. So I, I want you to make a couple of confessions with me. I know Pastor Gore probably doesn't do this, but he'll be preaching next week. 
But this morning, I want you to do this with me because I want you to get this not just in your head but down in your heart. I want you to make this simple declaration with me. God is a good God. Now, don't say it if you don't mean it. Don't say it if you don't believe it. But if you really believe that God's a good God, I want you to open your mouth and say it. And the reason I'm doing that is because confession is how you establish truth in your heart. Are you ready? Let's say it together. God is a good God. Wow. Wow. That sounded so good. Let's do it again. Ready? God is a good God. That sounded better the second time. Let's go for three. There's some of you right now, listen, some of you right now, if that declaration we're making corporately can become a revelation for you personally, it will change your perspective about what you're facing right now. You see, because my faith has nothing to do with what I understand, it has everything to do with what I believe. My faith has nothing to do with what I can figure or feel. It has to do with what I choose to believe. And so I I want to say it one more time that God's a good God. Are you ready? God is a good God. Man. Now, if that's true, and it is, it leads us to this second truth. Because God's a good God. God's got a plan for my life. And his plan is a good plan. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says one of the most wonderful promises in Scripture. You probably got it written on something at home, in your office, your car. Here's what the prophet said. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Here's what I've come by to remind you of this morning. You can face the future with faith and not fear because God has got a plan, and because God's a good God, His plan is a good plan, and I've come by to remind you of that this morning. Now, we don't think about God as a planner, but the truth is God is a planner. Did you know what prophecy is? It's simply God revealing his plan before it comes to pass. I've come by to tell you that God's got a prophetic plan for this world. Listen, I have to remind myself of that every day. Every time I listen to the news, I have to remind myself, doesn't matter, God's got a plan. Matter of fact, let me just tell you this. God is not going to be surprised on election day about who wins. Matter of fact, not only is he not going to be surprised, it's not going to mess up his plan. Matter of fact, Daniel, the prophet Daniel, seems to indicate that God's the one that allows there to be leaders risen up and brought down. Here's what I want to tell you. You need to know this this morning because every day we're bombarded with all kind of news. You need to know that God has got a plan and it's a good plan because he's a good God. He's got a plan for this world. He's got a plan for this country. He's got a plan for this church. He's got a plan for your life. That's what the Bible's all about. In Genesis, God begins to reveal his plan to his people all the way through the book of Revelation. What is the prophecy? It's just a revelation of the plan of God. I've come by to tell you just cause you haven't seen it doesn't mean he hasn't got it. Just cause you don't know it doesn't mean that he hasn't got one. God's got a plan and it's a good plan because he's a good God. 
Now, listen, that doesn't mean that everything in our life is good. I've got to confess to you, there's some things in my life today that aren't what I want them to be. I wish they were different. There's some things in my life today that aren't, aren't as good as I'd like for them to be. But you know what holds me secure on, on the best day or even the worst day of my life? It's the fact that God is my God and God in his goodness has got a plan for my life. God has got a plan and it's a good plan because he's a good God. I know that is really simple today, but some of you need to hear that today because right now what's happening on your job ain't good or what's happening in your body ain't good or what's happening in your family's not good or what's happening in some dimension of your life is not good. What do I do, Bishop? You keep walking by faith and not by sight. You quit, listen, you keep declaring that my God's a good God and he's got a good plan for my life. Don't get caught up in the trap of talking about what you understand or, or what you you feel or what you see or what you think or worse yet what your neighbor or friend tells you listen thank God for friends but the truth is if my friend's counsel goes contrary to the character of God I'm going to choose the character of God over their counsel every time Matter of fact, I just sense a quickening of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this to you. Don't get mad at me. I don't know who the Lord's talking to or what, who your friend is. But some of you right now, one of the reasons you've got some of the issues you've got is you've been listening to everybody else's counsel. I've come by to tell you with love and grace in the name of Jesus, quit listening to everybody else and start talking to God and find out what God's got to say about your life and about your situation and about what you're facing. I'm telling you that God is so great. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8 28, for we know all things work together to the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Do you know why we quote that so often? It's because the truth of it is so wonderful and we need to be reminded of it. I've come by to remind you of what you already know, is that God in his goodness can take things that aren't good and bring good out of them, but you got to choose to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to choose to walk by faith and not understanding. You got to choose to walk by faith and not what you feel. You've got to make the choice every day to make the declaration that God's a good God and he's got a good plan for my life and I choose God's plan. Oh, I embrace God's plan. I accept God's plan. I believe God's plan. I'm going to tell you a story that makes me sound awful. I've got two daughters. My oldest daughter, Sarah, she's 30. Now, before I tell you this story, I've already repented. We have been restored, and my daughter loves me. Now, she's not here for you to ask her, but her mother is. She loves me. Now, remember, before I tell you this, it's awful. I did it. I'm confessing. But I've repented, and I've been restored to a right relationship with my daughter. Keep that in mind when I tell you this story. Years ago, when one day she and I were traveling together when she was a teenager, and I'd always told Sarah, Sarah, the Lord gave me some insight into what his will for your life was, and when you're old enough, I'll tell you. So one day she and I were traveling somewhere together and she's listening to the radio and I just, I don't know why I did it, but I just did it. And so here I said, Sarah, you know, 
I've told you a whole life that God gave me some insight about his will for you. And when you got old enough, I'd tell you. And I just want to tell you today. Well, I knew I had her attention, Pastor, because she cut the radio off. Anytime a teenager cuts the radio off and looks at you, you got their attention. She, I said, all right. Now, remember, I, I've repented, restored, restored already. I said, all right, Sarah, you're going to be a missionary. Oh, no, Daddy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where to? I said, well, you start naming some places, and if you get it, I'll tell you. She started, Pastor Weaver, she started naming places, and I let her go on, and she named China, and I said, that's it. You know, your mom and I have had a heart for China. We have. We've given money over the years for China. For some reason, I got a heart for that, and, 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 and she, she, she started crying. It's awful, isn't it? Teenage daughter do it that way. But I've repented, been restored. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians, like my teenage daughter was. They think the will of God, the plan of God, is something to be avoided, not something to be embraced. I don't tell that story very often because it, make, it makes me feel bad and look bad is embarrassing, quite honestly. Somehow this morning I just felt like right here when we're talking about the plan of God to tell you that story because you see, you may be like my daughter Sarah in her teenage years who had a false perception about God's plan. I want to tell you that the plan of God is acceptable and tailor-made for your life. The plan of God is what you would want for your life if you knew what God knew. Now listen, don't interpret God's plan or purpose based upon your present circumstance. God's plan is greater than your present circumstance. God's got a plan, and it's a good plan because he's a good God. Now, here's the third thing. His perspective, he sees and knows everything. He, he, God's got a plan. It's a good plan because he's a good God. Now, here's the third thing. I want to remind you of his presence. I had a phone call this morning in my hotel room. Uh, a brother is going through a very difficult time. I can't even comprehend what he's walking through. As I was talking to him and praying with him on the phone this morning, I was reminded of this scripture that says to us that God is a very present help in the time of trouble. And I said to him, in troubling times, trust his presence. In troubling times, trust his presence. And as I share this this morning, I just want to remind some of you today about the presence of God. I want to tell you this, God's with you. Matter of fact, the Old Testament prophet talking about the birth of Jesus said, you shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. God's with us. Now, I love being a Pentecostal. I believe in all of it. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in gifts of spirit. And I've even been known to occasionally to carry on every now and then because I enjoy the presence of God. Man, love it. But the truth is that the other side of being a Pentecostal, if I'm not careful, I restrict the reality of God's presence to how I feel him. If I don't feel him, he's not near me. How many know that the fact of his presence is greater than the presence of feeling now, I enjoy his feel, feeling him. Whew, I like that but sometimes I don't 
feel him like I want to, but it doesn't change the fact that he's with me. Matter of fact, there's a promise found in Hebrews 13, 5, and it says this. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a wonderful promise. Matter of fact, a literal translation of that, if you're going to say it literally, you'd have to say it like this. A literal translation of Hebrews 13, 5, you'd have to say it like this to get the full impact. God has said, never, 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 no, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Did you get that? When he makes us that promise in Hebrews 13, 5 about always being with us, about his presence, it's almost like he said, I really want you to get this. <clears throat> if you're a parent or a teacher, you understand the power of repetition. So a literal translation is, God has said, never, 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 no, never will I leave you nor forsake you. And why is God so imperative about that is because he knows our tendency to restrict the reality of his presence based upon our perception of our feelings. Now, I like to feel him, but the truth is I don't always feel God on Monday like I did on Sunday. I don't always feel him on Tuesday like I did on Sunday or Wednesday. How many, how many would say, Bishop, I got that same issue. Sometimes I don't feel God. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. I'm so, I'm so human that sometimes and I'm so human and Pentecostal. Sometimes I try to create a feeling. But here's the truth. The fact of his presence is greater than the absence or presence feeling of my flesh. Here's what I've come out to tell you. I've come out to remind you. I know that you know it. God is with you. You believe that? Matter of fact, can we get that truth in our in our in our heart today? Would you sit with me? God is with me. <laughs> it's real simple, but oh, it's powerful. Can you make that declaration with me again? Because here's what's going to happen. About the time it gets from your head to your heart and the Holy Spirit gives you a revelation of how powerful and true that is, here's what I take. When that happens, when you know that the Lord is with you, when you know that you're not by yourself, when you know that he's not left you, when you know he's not forsaken you, when you know that his abiding presence is as near to you as the very breath that you breathe, as a matter of fact, I want to remind you that the Bible says that our body is the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Holy Spirit, though, that God is as near to us as the very breath that we breathe. Every time I breathe in and breathe out, it's a reminder of His abiding presence in my life. Now, I like to feel His presence, but that whether I feel Him or not does not change the reality that God is with me. And somehow, if the Holy Spirit will give you that one revelation of understanding that Jehovah God, the God who created heaven and earth, the God who created you and I in His image, and likeness, the God that loved us so much that went to the cross, the God that gave us the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, the same God that promised that he's coming again in like manner that he went away. If somehow the Holy Spirit would give you a fresh revelation that that God that we sing about and we prayed to that brought us to this place this morning, if that God is still with us, I'm telling you, all hell can come against you, but if you know that God is with you and he's for you, it will will not matter. Oh, listen, listen. 
How do you get that revelation from your head to your heart? You do that by making a declaration with your mouth. So one more time, I want you to out loud, not just because I'm asking you, but as a declaration of faith. Now listen. Well, Bishop, I don't feel it. Is it lying? Listen, a lot of what I believe I don't feel. But we're going to make that declaration. God is with me. Now listen, if the Holy Spirit can make that one simple thing come alive in your heart, if he could just put your name on it, I'll, I'll, I'll use my wife as an example since she's sitting right here, if somehow the Holy Spirit would, would say to Wendy, Wendy, I am with you. Listen, if that one declaration can become a revelation, it changes everything. And how does that revelation happen? That revelation happens as we make the declaration not by sight nor by feeling but by our faith we open our mouth and we begin to declare what we're believing God for so I want you to say it with me God is with me are you ready God is with me uh, one more time God is with me Listen, I'm battling in my body. He is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is with me. I'm tormented in my mind. Jehovah Shalom, the God who is my peace, is with me. I feel lonely. God, who is Jehovah Shammah, the ever-present, overflowing one, is with me. I need direction. God, Jehovah Roha, my shepherd, is leading me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the shepherd, Jehovah Roha, is with me. What I want you to understand is that God is with me us. It doesn't matter where we are in the present or what we face in the future because God is with us. You believe that? Now watch this. We either live our life controlled by the thoughts in our head or the truth in our heart. Now here's the question. How do we get what's in our head down into our heart? It's so simple. It's by confessing and declaring. What your pastor said this morning, let's make these declarations. This is the day the Lord's made. Make the, here's what happens. Here's what it means. When the enemy attacks your mind, I mean, all the battlegrounds your mind. When the enemy attacks your mind, open your mouth. Now, it's important that you open your mouth, but it's also important what you say. You don't say what somebody else thinks. You don't even say what you think necessarily. You, don't even, you certainly don't say what you feel. You don't say what you see. You say what you believe. <laughs> Remember, declaration brings that revelation so when the enemy attacks your mind, open your mouth and begin to declare the truth of God.
Now, I know the problem is, you say, well, Bishop, I'm not a theologian. I'm just a Christian. All right, here's the deal. You don't have to be a theologian, just be a testifier. Okay? You don't have to be a theologian to declare God's truth, just testify. Remember what the Bible says in the book of Revelations, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So here's what you do. You just open your mouth and declare what you know and believe about God. That's all you do. It may not happen the first time. It may not happen the second time. But here's what I know. As you declare the word, that, that declaration brings a revelation. You said, Bishop, you said a lot of stuff this morning. I can't remember everything. Let me just give you one thing. If you don't remember anything else, this is, this is good enough. For you really smart folks, you, you probably got 25 things you can testify to, confess. There's two verses of Scripture I'm going to give to you, then we're going to make this declaration together. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Psalms 145, verse 13. The Lord is faithful to all of his promises. We can face the future with faith and not fear when we remember that this, God is faithful. Simple. God is faithful. Would you make that declaration with me? God is faithful. You see, on a, on a service that's supposed to be oriented to revival, Bishop, you didn't preach a camp meeting service. You preached a pastor's service. I did, and I preached about remembering because, you see, here's what I know. If you can remember, God will revive you. And the greatest thing you can remember today is that God's faithful. I want you to stand with me all over the church. I'm watching the time. I know we got food, but I want, I want give me just another minute here. This is important. This is where it's all going to come together into your life. Brother Tony, don't start playing until I tell you because I'm going to sing something in a minute and your good play it will mess up my bad singing. So Bishop, how can you be so confident about those things that you shared? How can you be confident about God, God's perspective? He sees it all. And because of that, I can have faith and not fear. How can you be so confident about about his plan. Everything in my life's not good, but you say he's a good God and got a good plan. How can you be so confident? How can you be so confident about his presence? And the truth is, I haven't felt him in all week, or I haven't felt him in a little, uh, quite a long time, but how can you be so confident? It's because of this one truth God is faithful. Some years ago, I was going through a season, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, quit focusing on what you don't know. Start focusing on what you do know. You do know the kind of God that I am. He's faithful. Now, there's a song we used to sing in church, and it goes something like this. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. 
Lord unto me. You know that song? Can we sing as an act of worship before we do anything else this morning? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Now here's the challenge. You know what the challenge of that is? Here's the challenge. I've, I've got two daughters. I love them supremely. I loved them so much that, that as they were growing up, I'd have the tendency to make a lot of promises to them. Matter of fact, I made so many promises to them that I couldn't keep all the promises I made, even though I meant to when I said it. Here's a principle that I learned that changed the way I communicated. It is unfulfilled promises produce insecure children. So I started making less promises and trying to be better at fulfilling those that I did make. Now here's what happens to us sometimes in church, especially if you've been in church a while. You and I begin to think, now we're supposed to be like God, but we begin to think that God's like us. I don't want to offend you this morning. I don't know you. You don't know me. But I'm so glad to tell you that God's not like any of us. He's like God. Woo. But here's what happens, especially when in church a while, some spiritual authority figure, some brother or sister that you got confidence in, says something to you that you count on, and then they don't fulfill it. They don't come through with it. They let you down. They disappoint you. And then you begin to think that God's like them. Nope, not true. God's not like us. We're supposed to be like him, but he's not like us. He's like God. And here's what I want you to know this morning. He is faithful. God is faithful if I had the time I'd call your name and go to you one by one and I'd just tell you in the name of Jesus I've come by to tell you and remind you God is faithful other folks in their humanity doesn't mean they're not good people but because they're human they may let you down they may disappoint you they may fail you it may be someone that's been in church a long time, but listen, listen, they're just human on their best day. God is faithful. Are you getting this? And when the enemy attacks your mind, open your mouth. You don't have to be a theologian, just be a testifier. God is faithful. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but God is faithful. I want you to think about what it is that you're facing. Maybe it's something physical. Physical. God is faithful. Maybe it's something financial. God is faithful.
Maybe it's something in a relationship. Your children, your companion, a friend. God is faithful. It doesn't matter what it is, but he's faithful. I want you to think in your mind now what what it is maybe you're facing today that's causing you to be fearful, that's still in your joy, that's still in your peace. And I want you to remember, I want you to remind yourself of what you already know about God. Now, here's the great thing. He's faithful even when we're not faithful. Do you know the one that disappoints us the most is us? But that's why Timothy said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot disown himself. I just sense a quickening of the Holy Spirit right here that some of you are battling because of your own faithlessness. You've not been faithful. You've disappointed yourself. Here's the good news. God's faithful. Matter of fact, he said it like this. If we confess our sins, that God is faithful, faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Maybe you've disappointed yourself today. That's all right. There's an answer to that. The God who is faithful, if you'll just confess to him, he'll forgive, cleanse, and restore. Bishop, you don't know what it is. I don't have to know what it is. He's faithful. Pastor Go, I don't usually do this, but I have a sense right here, right now, today, this time, this service, that some of the struggle you're having now is that your own lack of faithfulness. You feel like you have failed, and the enemy's just wearing you out over that. But I want to tell you, he's faithful. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to do something that is a little bit different today. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to give us personally a revelation of the faithfulness of God. And in that faithfulness, here's what you might need to do. You might need to confess your unfaithfulness. You might need to confess your failure. You might need to confess sin. You might need to confess... But as you do, the faithfulness of God who is faithful, he's going to touch your life today. Mm -hmm.